My name is Olipa Dube, and I'm from South Africa. I'm 34 years of age. Uh, I'm standing here in front of you to share my wonderful testimony uh, of the wonderful deliverance that I got here at the Synagogue Church of All Nations. God used Senior Prophet T.B. Joshua to deliver me from a life of evil spirits that was tormenting me. I was a witch doctor, a herbalist, a traditional healer in our country. This is the time to expose the kingdom of darkness and what the devil is doing in so many people's lives by deceiving them to believing that witchcraft, witch doctors, herbalists, traditional healers have a solution. And as a matter of fact, they don't. My testimony goes like this. Professionally, I am a registered nurse. So after completing my diploma, I went into business, into the nursing industry. I had a placement agency for nurses in South Africa. And um, in 2005, I was awarded a tender with the Department of Health, where I was supplying nurses to government hospitals on an ad hoc basis. My business was going very well. Everything was okay until I started experiencing problems. It was a life of problems every single day. Until one day, a friend introduced me to a witch doctor, a herbalist. I went there in search of solution for the problems that I was having in my business, in my life in general. So um, when I got there, they, helped, they gave me the charms. From the first day you walk into a witch doctor's place, it's just charms given to you. So they gave me charms uh, to try and help me with the problems that I was having. I found that when I was using those charms, they would work for a few days or a week, you know, but soon afterwards, the problems will be worse than before. So the solutions that I was getting would either be temporary or would not work at all. And that caused me to move from one witch doctor to another in search of, you know, a lasting solution or greater power. I kept on going on and on like that until one day I went to another witch doctor who then told me that uh, those other witch doctors that I've been to before could not help me because I have a gift from the ancestors and I'm supposed to be a witch doctor in our country. It's called Inyanga or Sangoma. So I agreed. To me at that time, I thought it was a solution. I agreed. I went through to the initiation school. They initiated me. From the first, very first day when you go to the initiation school, you are given charms. Charms are put all over your body. Uh, incisions are made all over your body to put those charms to give you powers, uh, to see um, what other people don't see, powers to be able to commit, communicate with the spiritual world. So after I finished my initiation school, I went and I practiced as a traditional healer, a sangoma at that time.
I have to explain that um, in our country, in this field, there are categories. Sangomas are basically an entry level into the industry. From there, as I was continuing to practice, I found that as a Sangoma, my, my resources were limited. There were other things that I could not do because as a Sangoma, you're not taught much. You are given just a little bit of knowledge and you are expected to depend on your initiator for problems that you cannot solve. So I found that as I was practicing, I would come across clients that would require assistance and I wouldn't be able to help them because my powers were sort of limited. So then I went in search of more powers and more knowledge to be able to practice um, to a broader scale into my field. So then I went to another initiator. I paid a lot of money. And then he taught me how to use plants, herbs, trees, to mix them with uh, animal parts to produce whatever charms that you want to produce. When you're in a process of, of being taught, you know, the, the schooling. Also, charms are also used also in your own body, you know, to, to enhance the knowledge quicker, you know, to make you fit into the whole thing. So in that process of me learning how to use charms and all of that, I would also use charms on myself. So I also uh, um, was living a life of using charms constantly on a daily basis in order to enhance my powers, in order to be in a level to communicate quicker, better on a daily basis. My routine daily was a routine of charms from waking up in the morning before I could speak to anyone. I would have to speak to the ancestors at my altar, you know, thank them for what they did for me, ask for guidance. The spirits would come and they would communicate with me. They would tell me how my day was going to be like. They would tell me the challenges that I was going to meet, people that were going to come see me or people that I was going to meet. And they would further on tell me the charms to use so as to be able to succeed through the day. So from talking to the altar, when I go to bath, I bath with charms according to what they told me. Okay, sister, at this point, we just want you to describe the altar you're talking about. Where is it located? Is it in your house or is it a separate building? Just describe it. As a, an Inyanga, I had an altar in my bedroom. Let's say at night I get a dream, I get a message from the ancestors. Then I'm, I've got to quickly go to the altar and, and communicate. So you require to have an altar in your own bedroom. And then there's another altar that you have outside your house but in your yard you're supposed to build a separate like house or room for the ancestors in your house which is which is mainly used for them only you'd use that to store your charms uh, and for consultation so this evil also was actually a separate building entirely that was purely dedicated to these evil spirits that were communicating to you as a witch doctor yes and also, depending on how many ancestors you are initiated into. So in my case, I was initiated into the ancestors from my mother's side and ancestors from my father's side. So in my yard, I had two, 
two rooms, two houses for the ancestors, one for my father's side, one for my mother's side. Now, we want you to describe to us how people would come to you and just give us an example of the kind of requests they would make and the type of charms that you would provide for them and how you would actually make these charms. Um, basically, the services that you provide as a Inyanga or Sangoma, you are sort of like a one-stop shop. So you, you are expected to, to provide solution for a variety of problems. For an example, a client would come, a young lady would come and she would say, um, I can't get married. You know, no man looks at me. It's, it's as if I'm, in, I'm invisible. No, no man comes to approach me to ask for marriage or anything like that. Then I'll be expected to, to assist her to, to get whomever that she wants. Our point of departure would be then I would ask her if she, does she have a specific person in mind that she wants. Sometimes you'd find that they want people who are already married. Sometimes they want pastors. Sometimes they, it depends, you know. So depending on what and whom she wants, then that would be our point of departure. The stronger the person that she wants, the stronger the charms that we will have to use. So then we would come to an agreement. If she's, if she's willing to pay what I wanted to pay, we would go all the way to get what she wanted. And most of the time we got what we wanted. Okay. Now, this specific example you used of a lady looking for a husband, what charm would you use for her and describe how you would make the charm, the ingredients? This is the information that Inyanga's traditional healers will not tell you. Even when you walk into their altar rooms and you find bottles of charms labeled, they don't use their correct names to label what's in the bottles because should people know what's in there, I think they would run away. In this case, a lady wants to, to get attention from this man who's already married. Meaning we've got to first create the attention. It means this man cannot see her. So we've got to use herbs, plants, trees to get this man's attention. That would be, in our country, I'm Zulu. So in our Zulu culture, every tree, every plant, every animal has got a name. You'd find that most of the time, the trees and the plants are named according to their characteristic. Let me make an example by a tree called... Umkanyagude, meaning light from afar or light from a distance. If you take that tree and you steam a person, you bath with them, you bath them with that uh, plant. The the effect of that plant would be that when she appears, she will be appearing as fake light. She'll be visible. Everybody would want to speak to her. She'll be attractive. You know, she should sort of be like. A center of attraction so that's what we would use but in this case because we're using it for a specific person we have to mention this person's name that this charm is supposed to work for mr. so-and-so so when she walks in the presence of mr. so-and-so definitely mr. so-and-so would recognize her then from there 
after we've gotten Mr. So-and-so's attention, then we've got to move on to stronger level where now we've, we're supposed to create affection. To create affection, we would use, uh, probably move to another level of using animals. In this case, you have to know the characteristics and the character of different animals so as to choose whichever that you want to give you the outcome that you're expecting. In this case, we would then use a dog, right? A female dog, but at a certain time, it means when the dog is captured, it, it will not be captured any time. We will wait for the time of mating because we know that at that time, the, the, the dog is in rage. You ca- it's uncontrollable, you know? It just wants to mate. So you get that dog, you will remove the parts that you require from that dog, dry them in the sun, and mesh them. So when people come, they don't know, they just see powder. They don't know that this is actually an animal. So you would do incisions, put that animal together with other chums in this person's body, in this person's blood. That is going to produce that effect that you got from the behavior of the dog in this person's life. So when this Mr. So-and-so sees this lady, something will just happen to him and he will just last after this lady. Now in this particular instance, the person concerned, do you mean that that spirit of dog would now enter the person? That spirit would have entered that person at that time. Okay, so we're just asking these questions so the people of God can learn. As our sister said, she said, so many people just see charms, but they don't actually know what's happening behind the scenes for these charms to be made. And you mean, sister, even upon the charms that are given to such a person, it would not actually give them a solution. It would actually cause greater problems once the, the charm actually was in effect. Yes, the, the charm would, if it, if it does provide a solution, it would be temporary. It will be, it will be okay for a month. The person would come and tell you, I'm very happy, Mr. So-and-so has approached me, and uh, we're actually in a relationship. But after a short period of time, things would be worse. The, the men would actually start to hate this woman. Not only him, every other man would hate her even worse than before. You'd find that when the person keeps on coming, now she tells you she feels as if she's in a worse situation than she was before. And that, at that stage, that's when people start moving from one witch doctor to another. Because then they think maybe uh, your charms are not powerful enough. You know, that's why most of the people who go to witch doctors, you find that they hip-hop. They go from one witch doctor to another. That's the reason. And each witch doctor they're going to is entangling them deeper in darkness and initiating them with more and more problems. The more they go to witch doctors, the more they use these charms, the more they go deeper and deeper into the problems, which is the exact thing that was also happening to me as the witch doctor. Okay, now, apart from an issue of a lady asking for a man to be attracted to her, can you give us another example of a common case that someone would bring to you and the charm that you would use for that person? Another example that I would use, probably, maybe a gentleman would come saying he, wa- he wants his boss's position. Maybe his boss is a CEO and he wants that position. He does not have qualifications 
but he wants the position. So it means we've got to create a situation where we move the CEO and he becomes appointed. So also in that case, we're going to look around and see which animals can we use, you know, in order to produce that temporary uh, image, so to speak, for this particular man so that he can get the position that he wants. In the, in, in, at the same time, we would also create problems for, in this case, let's talk about the CEO. So in the meantime, we would create problems for the CEO as well, so that he feels uncomfortable in the position. Either he will get fired or he will step down. And then this person will be appointed. So it will be, basically that was the services that we were, we were providing. But the, the industry had made people to believe that there's a solution for everything. And you'd find that in the beginning, it might look like there is a solution for everything. But believe me, the solutions are not lasting. Instead, they put people into deeper and deeper pro spiritual problems. Okay, so Madam, just to, once again, we want to be very clear because we know viewers around the world are watching, people present here are listening to you, and there's a lot of lessons that can be learned. You mean to say that anyone who receives a charm from a witch doctor and uses it, instead of actually bringing a solution to the problem, the solution would be temporary and it would increase the person's problem, causing them to move to even more witch doctors and by so doing, initiate them deeper into darkness and more into their problems. So is that the purpose of witch doctors? Just to cause people to go into more and more problems? The, I could say the, the aim is to get people hooked. Because once a person gets hooked, it, I don't think it's possible to get them out. I'm also speaking for myself. Because as a person who was providing that service to people, I also was in problems that I could not get myself out from. So you find that in a situation like that, people go in a hunt, hunting for greater power. And the more you hunt for greater power, the more you expose yourself into deeper problems because now you get to, you even would get to a level to go to those traditional healers who use human body parts to create charms. Well, so I believe uh, we're all listening to our sister and learning from her experience. She herself was involved in this business. So what she's saying, she says from her own personal experience. Now, sister, we hear a lot uh, in the church here about people manifesting with things such as spiritual husbands, spiritual wives. As witch doctor, have people come to you requesting that you assign a spiritual husband to a particular person? And how would you go about doing that? Yes. Um, in this case, let's say a client comes and say, uh, this lady is my enemy and I want to, to destroy her or to teach her a lesson. In this case, we would we knew that the best way to create problems into a person's life is to get either a spiritual husband or a spiritual wife. So in this case, we would go to the graves to actually raise the spirit. And um, how you raise the spirit, you have to know your charms. You, you need to use those charms that you know that their purpose is are to raise. They can raise 
anything. They can raise war, they can raise confusion, they can raise poverty. It depends on how you speak to them. So in this case, we want to raise this dead spirit. So you would go to, we would go to the grave and you, you choose you choose any, any grave, as long as, if you, if you want to raise a spiritual husband for a woman, you would choose a male grave. In our country, most of our graves have got tombstones. So the, there's names of the, the owners of the graves written on the tombstone. So you just randomly select any male um, grave, looking at the name on the tombstone. And then you put the charms there. Also, the most important thing, you need to buy this spirit. So use a coin to buy this spirit. You raise the spirit. You tell the spirit that, uh, Mr. So-and-so, as from today, you are married to so-and-so. So-and-so is your wife. You're going to stay with her. You're going to be, you're going to do all the duties that a husband does to and for a wife. Her children are your children. Her home is your home. She will never do anything without your approval. If she does something without your approval, you're not going to allow her. So that's basically how we did, did that. And what would then happen to the person that you are sending the spiritual husband to? Mainly, we would not see. Because remember, this person that we are fighting against, we don't even know them. I only know my client. It is the client who will then come to me and say, I'm very happy. Now so-and-so's life is in a shambles. She lost her job. This and that is happening. Her husband left her. You know, but I wouldn't know. I only got to know for the very first time when I saw Emmanuel TV. Wow. So such a person would then begin to experience dreams where a spiritual husband would come to them and then the subsequent destruction in their life would occur. Now, sister, at this point, we want to ask you a question. If you encountered someone who wanted to send such a spirit or use a charm against someone who is a Christian, a genuine child of God. Just describe what would happen or if you've ever had such an encounter. Yes, I've had Christian clients. People who came to me calling themselves Christians or born again, um, looking for help for the very same reasons that everybody else that came to me uh, would be looking for looking for someone else's husband looking for this someone else's job looking for a promotion a child you know so first of all let's say a lady comes and she says i i want the pastor to marry me the pastor is married but i want the pastor to divorce his wife and marry me we will do the same procedure first of all we've got to throw the bones and look into the pastor's life when we're looking into this pastor's life, at that time I did not know. I only knew as weaknesses or entry points. You look into this pastor's life, how strong are they? The bones would tell you that this is a person of prayer, but this person can't control his temper. Then I know that, oh, temper is my entry point. Or maybe this person's life of prayer is not constant. You know, some days he, he prays seven times, some days he prays two times, some days he forgets. So I would watch for that day when he forgets to pray, to, to attack. So you mean to say that if someone is consistent as a Christian and consistent in prayer, would you be able to attack such a person? 
No. Um, we, basically, what we would do, we, we don't follow a person for a very long time. We would basically give it sort of like a seven-day period in monitoring this particular person. After the seven days, if the person is consistent, then we will have to give up and try maybe after six months or later. But I've never uh, had an encounter where in these seven days there was no weakness that I found. You know, that would assist me to, to penetrate this life of a person. So, so then, it would be like that. We would, we, if we see that this person's problem is temper, then we're going to create situation in his life that would actually cause her to, to be temperamental all the time. You know, we create problems at work. We know that he's going to lose his temper. We create problems at home. He's going to lose his temper. Everywhere, everywhere we create problems. When he's busy entertaining that life of temper, of temper, then we, we are able to penetrate. Okay, now viewers, I believe we are all listening and we are learning from our sister's experience. Just to completely understand you, sister, you mean to say that, for example, you are trying to attack a pastor or cause a divorce in the life of a pastor or a minister of God or a genuine Christian, you would be looking to see the weaknesses of that person and the weakness of that person maybe it's a spirit of anger or a spirit of lust, would be the avenue for you to enter and cause such an attack. But if the person is strong in prayer and consistent, you would not, not be able to attack it. Is that correct? If a, if, if a person is strong and consistent for that period of time, then we can't do much. We, we have to wait for some time. Maybe you tell the client to... Let's wait for uh, three months or six months. In, this, in, 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 in the meantime, we try other things. Can they access their clothing? Can they get their pictures? You know, what is it that, that, is, that is in contact with, their, with this man's body that they can get for us so we can try and use? Now, during your deliverance, the evil spirit mentioned that you had some specific powers located in parts of your body. Could you just explain what those powers were and how you used them? Um, the powers that I had, I had powers in my eyes, in my tongue, actually all over my body. Because if you were to take a good look at my body now, I have incisions everywhere. Even in my private parts, everywhere, where you just put charms to enhance or to give you power. This will be powers to see, uh, like I've just explained, that we, we were able to see, sort of like prophesy, see a person's life, past, present, and future. Further on, be able to identify where the problem is. So the, the powers that you, you, you have basically are to assist you to connect more with the spirits because the spirits are now giving you information, knowledge on a continuous basis. So your, your life is, a, is you are supposed to be always connected to the spiritual world. Because for an example, if I'm in a mall and I'm standing next to a person, the spirit will be telling me, this person's name is so-and-so, and these are his problems. Which I'm, I'm sure people from South Africa have been through experiences where they just meet a Sangoma and they start telling them about their lives. 
this is how it happens. So you just meet this person and the spirits will start talking to you, telling you, this is so-and-so, these are his problems. And then you approach this person, Mr. So-and-so. Obviously, they'll be shocked. Who is this? Who's calling my name? You're like, no, my name is so-and-so. This is what I'm seeing in your life. There's problems in your life like this. You're not sleeping at night or there's problems at work or you're fighting with your wife. I can help you. Everybody is looking for a solution. Once they hear the word, I can help you, they would actually, uh, uh, you know, uh, put it together with the information that you've given them. And they'd be convinced that actually you have a solution. And the next thing, you give them your phone, your contact numbers, they will call and make an appointment and come. So this power would enable you to see and prophesy into other people's lives, but you didn't have the power to actually solve their problems. Just by coming and enticing them in, you'd be able to initiate them with the charms and thereby introduce them to even greater problems. Yes, but when we are taught, we, we are not told that. We are, we are told that we are actually providing solution to people. But when you are inside, you realize that there's no solution here. The solutions are temporary. They will either not work at all or they'll be temporary. And each person that came, you, they would have to pay a fee and you'd collect money from them according to the charm they wanted. Yes. Every, there's no consultation for free. Consultation has got a charge and the charge is only for consultation. Consultation meaning we use the bones, we throw the bones on the floor then we, we get information that we want about the past, present, and future. And then subsequent to that, after we've identified the problems, if the person says, okay, can you help me now solve these problems? Then we move to the next level. When we move to the next level, then they have to pay. They pay according to the problem. The deeper the problem, the more the money. So uh, at this point, sister, we want to ask you, with all of the finances you were receiving, uh, as your work as a witch doctor, you said that in the midst of this, you yourself were still facing terrible problems. Do you mean to say that in spite of the powers you possessed and the people that were coming to you for help, you were still encountering these situations? In the midst of all that, I would find that even most of the time, the charms that I use uh, to assist other people would work temporarily on them. But to me, they would not work at all, most of the time. And in the, in the process, I found myself, you know, having more and more problems into my business. As a result, I lost my business. I lost all my assets. I, I lost basically everything in that process. Then I, I realized that this thing is not working I was very, very upset. I was very bitter. I was very angry. And I decided maybe it's time for me to, to find something else. But when I had made the decision to find something else, I had not made the decision to find God because of the Christians that were coming for consultation. I did not know that in Christianity there was a solution, you know. So I, I had told myself that I will further go on and on in search of this power that I don't know. I went to a lot of, of other uh, uh, herbalists and traditional healers and witch doctors. They couldn't help me. Instead, my situation got worse and worse until I lost everything. 
So tell us about how at this point God Almighty led you to the ministry here at the Synagogue Church of All Nations. At that time, I was now what in our country is called a gobela, meaning I had now opened my own initiation school to initiate other people to becoming traditional healers, sangomas, and inyangas like myself. So, um, as a result, also my sister is one of the people that I initiated. So, in the spiritual world, I was their father. So, they, they would not call me by my name, they would call me father. In our Zulu language, they would call me Baba. So these people are people that basically worship me. They, 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 when they speak to me, they've got to be on their knees. They can't look me in the eye. You know, they, I, they, they call me father and I call them children. They are my children. But these are elderly people. You know, they are people that are older than me. So until one of my, my child, one of my initiates came to me and said, you know, uh, because at that time, I had tried, I had been to churches also in search of solution. I have tried deliverances before, they did not work. So I thought, probably there's no solution. Then she came to me and she said to me, there's this channel that I, I want you to, to take a look at. And I believe it's going to help you. Because now these people had so much faith in me and in what I could do and in what I could produce as a traditional healer. When I stopped, they also stopped because they were sort of like confused. Now what's happening, you know? So she told me about Emmanuel um, a TV and then uh, they came together with her husband and they, they, they put the settings on and uh, I started watching. From that very day, I was shocked. I saw people manifesting, people actually talking about the very same things that we would do, you know, to other people. And these things now are manifesting in their lives. People are saying they are dogs, they are spiritual husband, they are anger, they are this and they are that. I was shocked. And then the other thing that shocked me the most was how the demons were cast out. I mean, I saw a, a senior prophet, T.B. Joshua, and the wise men just commanding the spirit to go out just like that. One word, out, and the spirit is gone. I was like, no, this is impossible. This cannot be happening. Because I looked at the effort we had to go through in putting the charms together. It, it is hard to put an effective charm together because when your charms are effective, you sort of get a good name and that attracts more clients, you know? So these charms that we work so hard for are casted out just by one word. No, there must be something to this man. Then, you know, I started watching. I started watching. I saw people with the same problem that I had and then... Then I, I, at that time, I knew that this was where my solution would come from. Well, glory be to God Almighty. We thank Jesus. Let's put our hands together for Jesus Christ.
We thank God for Emmanuel TV that God is using to change lives, nations, and the world. And sister, we know that by the grace of God, you came to the Synagogue Church of All Nations. We watched a clip earlier of how you were in the prayer line and Prophet TB Joshua prayed for you. Can you just describe that experience? What happened to you in the prayer line? At the prayer line, as we were standing there, the prophet was approaching us. As he was getting closer and closer to where I was, I felt this force. I can basically explain it as force, but it was this big force that was blowing me. And as it was blowing me, I felt something in my, in my tummy, deep inside my, my tummy, shifting and shaking my intestines in an uncontrollable way. And in the very, at that very uh, uh, time, this, something was telling me in my head that, you know, you, you have time. You can run. The best thing to do now is to run, run away. And actually, it was showing me, look at your left. I look at my left-hand side. I saw a gap between two people that were standing there. And then this spirit says, you can actually um, run and escape through that passage between those two people. And I, I actually wanted to do that. But as I tried to move, Something got hold of my feet. I could not move. And in the whole of... Remember, this thing is happening very fast. I have this conversation inside of me. And in the meantime, the prophet is approaching. And as he's approaching towards me, the force is getting stronger and stronger. And I cannot resist it. I, I never thought that would happen to me. The last thing that I remember is Prophet asking me, who are you? But what I saw was not Prophet. I have to say that what I saw was not Prophet. I cannot explain. I saw this man who was full of power and authority and I felt as if he was looking right deep inside my heart. He, he knew everything about me. He knew what I was thinking. He knew what I was from. And I couldn't hide what I was feeling. I just had to surrender right there. Before I could know it, this lady grabbed me with my hand and said, Sister, rise up. You are delivered. You know, but... I, I was, it was like, I, I knew something was happening, bits and pieces of everything, I could see them, but I had no control, and everything was happening so fast, I couldn't even think of anything at that time. Wow, well, we give glory to God that our sister is standing here delivered, and tell our sister, ever since your deliverance, what is your testimony? Yo, ever since my deliverance... I have to mention that in that life that I used to live, um, I was living in constant fear. People did not know this, but I was afraid. I even gave my car away because I was even scared to drive. This information, nobody knows. Even my family doesn't know. My family, I don't know what they're thinking right now as they're watching. I gave my car away because I was too scared to drive because I was thinking something is going to happen to me. I'm going to die. And these spirits were always telling me, you're going to die. And there were events also that happened to me where I almost died. You know, I had an encounter 
uh, in my sister's house, we had a, 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 a house robbery. Armed robbers came into the house. There were about uh, six adult ladies there, me included, and three kids. But out of all those people that were there, they just picked me. They picked me and they took me and they said they were going to rape me. So, thank God they did not rape me because I fought back. But in that process, that, that man assaulted me. I was unconscious. I was in hospital for five days. So I knew that, you know, these spirits were after my life. Since the deliverance, I'm having this peace inside of me. Another thing that was happening, because these spirits were constantly talking to me, I had what we call a flight of ideas. I couldn't keep my mouth shut because this thing was continuously talking to me. So everywhere you see me, you see me talking to people. I could not, and this thing was troubling me because people knew me as a person who talked too much. And I did not like that. But after the deliverance, I found myself without energy to speak. I, there's peace. I can sleep. I'm just in tranquility. Well, let's put our hands together for Jesus Christ. Indeed, this is the evidence of deliverance. Lives changed. But we want to ask you right now, now that you are delivered, you are set free, what is your advice to people of God, especially those out there who used to patronize people like yourself, who, the person you once were, witch doctors, traditional healers, herbalists? What is your advice right now? Quite a few advices I have. First advice will be to Christians. You know, like men of God, uh, senior prophet C.B. Joshua says, if you want to be a Christian, be a Christian. People of God, the only solution is in Jesus Christ. There's no solution out there. People who go to traditional doctors and herbalists, hear it from me. There is no solution there. You will finish your money. At the end of the day, it will eat up even things that you did not get through them. Because there are things that they will give you, but they will eat those things and even eat those that, they did, that you did not get from them. So there's no solution to herbalists, traditional healers, witch doctors. The only solution is Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's, let's put our hands together for Jesus Christ louder. Indeed, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And as our sister was talking, remember what Prophet T.B. Joshua said. He said that when the devil gives you something with his right hand that gives you apparent peace, he will take with from you something with his left hand, something that your life depends on and leave you worse than before. We thank God for our sister's deliverance. We want to encourage you now. You've been delivered by Christ's word. Continue to be ruled by his word and walk in the light of your testimony. Let's put our hands together for Jesus Christ one more time. We believe you have been inspired by the clip you have just watched. Click here to subscribe to witness more of God's power at work in our generation today and stay up to date with the latest prophecies, deliverances, sermons and testimonies from the Synagogue Church of All Nations. Emmanuel TV, changing lives, changing nations and changing the world.